seems to me that in this past year we've seen a lot of division in the world around us. I mean, the Americans and their politics, that's an easy target. But even in our own country, the amount of very negative signs I've seen on the backs of trucks towards Trudeau and Notley in our province talk about us wanting to separate from the rest of the country. Questions about immigration, who should be let into the country, who should not. About racism, what is racist, what isn't racist. Are you with Don Cherry, are you against Don Cherry? And that's not even bringing up all of the hot button moral issue topics that create division among people, or even reflecting and thinking about our own families, or maybe just to lighten the mood, are you with the Oilers or against the Oilers? <laughs> but it seems to me that we have these very entrenched divisions and the way that we're dealing with them in the world is not very good. It's almost become like trench warfare. Everybody picks their side and we hurl arguments back one to the other and insults back and forth and nobody is really talking. Nobody is really coming together to seek unity. We've dug in our trenches and we're staying there and we're not going to gain ground and we're not going to lose ground. It's a real problem. So what does the world try to offer as the response, the solution to this division that we face? Because none of us really wants it, but it's there. The world tells us that we should learn to be more tolerant, to be kinder to each other. But there's a, there's a limit to tolerance, because you can't tolerate everything, can you? Just logically think about it. If you tolerated everyone and everything, that would be bad. We wouldn't have any prisons. We wouldn't have any courts, because we would just tolerate everything. So if you preach tolerance, there's a limit to that tolerance. But who decides where that limit is? Who makes the judgment as to what is tolerable and what is not? It's problematic. We can't just stay in the world of tolerance to deal with the division that we face among human beings. So then, what do we do? Well, if there's any Seinfeld fans out there, there's a great episode of George Costanza. He's kind of the neurotic character in the group. And the episode is worlds colliding. And see, George has his group of friends which is one of his worlds, and then he has his relationship with his fiancée, which is another world. And never the two worlds shall meet. And as long as those two worlds stay separate, his life is great. But then one of his friends decides to make friends with his fiancée. And now worlds are colliding. And George starts to say, you're killing independent George, because they're destroying this separation between the two. That's what tolerance would want us to do. Tolerance would want us to keep separate worlds. You do you over there, I'll do me over here. And as long as the worlds never meet, worlds will never collide. But as soon as the worlds collide, then they're killing independent George. We don't know how to deal with that. We don't know how to live with that difference that can cause division if we don't deal with it properly. But see, for us as Christians at Christmas, two worlds collide, but it doesn't bring death. It brings life. In Jesus Christ, two worlds collide and bring life for us. 
See, Jesus brings what is seemingly opposite to each other and reconciles them. And we can start that reflection just by looking at the manger scene that we have front and center for Christmas. Who are the first visitors to Jesus? Shepherds. The poor. Shepherds were outcasts, rejected. They lived outside the city. They didn't make much money. The first to visit Jesus were the poor. Who are the second to visit Jesus? They're the guys hiding over by the Christmas tree, the wise men, the rich who bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then even when we look at the wise men in their traditional depiction, when you look at the wise men, the three of them, we see generally one is Caucasian, one is African, and one is Asian, which depicts what was the known world at the time representing one person from every part of the known world. You even see the shepherds are locals. The wise men are the foreigners, the immigrants. At Christmas, Jesus brings what is seemingly opposite and brings them together and reconciles them. Rich and poor, local and foreigner, forgiveness and sin, God and man, heaven and earth, what is invisible with what is visible. He brings these two worlds together that in our mind, if they collided, would cause death. But with him, they bring life. Brings these two into contact. And for us as Christians, Christmas becomes a great moment of faith, of coming back into contact with that mystery of our faith. That as we gaze upon the manger scene, that's what we're contemplating. Heaven has come to earth. God has become man, meaning that there's nothing that can separate us from God anymore. Division is broken. What seemed like the final division, which was us to God, is now broken. Christ brings these two things together. But division is a reality. We know that. You have to be naive in life not to experience division. When it comes to trying to create unity among nations. How do we do it? When there's differences in culture, difference in philosophies, difference in ideology, difference in priority, how do you create unity among nations? How do we create unity in the church when we have those that are practicing their faith versus the ones who are not, versus conservative Catholics versus liberal Catholics? How do you create unity in the church when you have this whole vast different group of people together? How do we create unity in our families? Our families are composed of vastly different people. How do we stay united in love when we differ in our mindsets and the way that we approach life and the way that we understand things? Or even in ourselves. There's division in ourself. That whether we struggle with anxiety that kind of overwhelms us and makes us struggle to interact and love people the way we want to, or moments of depression that seem to take away everything that's good from us. Anger, grief, these things that divide us from who we really want to be, who we really think that we are. Even in ourself, there's division. So how do we create unity when there's diversity? See, tolerance would ask for 
the image of water and oil. They never mix. They stay separate from each other. You can't mingle them together. The way that I see Christ bringing unity in the midst of diversity, it's kind of like a snow globe. You shake it and the chaos that's there, but because of the globe, that chaos is contained. And after the chaos comes the beautiful image of the snow falling on the village. Or it's like the forming of a diamond. A diamond is ugly coal mixed with heat and intense pressure. But when they come together, they form diamonds, a jewel that we all look for. Christ holds those things together and brings life from it. That when we think worlds colliding would mean death, when we think that difference coming together would mean death, Jesus reminds us he brings life. Because often we get caught in the temptation of going black and white. It's this or it's that. You know, I'm, I'm anxious or I'm at peace. I'm happy or I'm angry. But Christ says that the two coexist with him. Pope Francis has a great line. He says, love coexists with imperfection. Love coexists with imperfection. And that's what we see at Christmas. God who is love becomes man willingly chooses to coexist with our imperfection. That's the great gift of our Christian faith. We don't need others to be perfect. We don't need others to be like us. Rather, we say we need difference because love doesn't actually exist if there is no difference. Then it's just conformity and uniformity, and that's not Christian love. Christ helps bring the two together, but keeping our individuality at the same time. See, Jesus at Christmas brings the rich and the poor together, but he doesn't tell the rich to give their gifts to the poor and create equality. The shepherds still go home shepherds, and the wise men still go home wise men. They retain their individuality, but they're united together in Christ. Because what do they all have in common on Christmas? Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the sheep and the lamb, the ox and the ass, the the wise men are all contemplating the baby in the manger. Christ is what unites us. Look at us here tonight. He brings us together tonight. This is the gift of Christmas that people come from all over. Maybe you were here before and now you come back at Christmas time. Families come together, all in the name of Christmas. Whether people believe in Christ or not, they're coming together at Christmas because of Christ. He is the reason that we come together and that we can live and coexist even in our difference. And so for the rest of the Christmas season, as you gaze on the manger, Remember that love coexists with imperfection.